Did you miss a show? Listen to podcasts from all your favorite ESPN Las Vegas shows at lvsportsnetwork.com. KWWN Las Vegas and KLAV Las Vegas. In the morning, when you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment of the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Dolphins beat the Ravens 22-10 to last night. Uh, the interesting part about Miami, Tua was hurt. Hurt enough that they started Jacoby Brissett, but not hurt enough that Tua was inactive. So Tua doesn't start the game. He's the backup. Jacoby Brissett gets hurt during the game. So Tua has to come in. And actually was pretty good. Like he was eight to 13, 158 yards. I think there was more of it about Baltimore's defense kind of being pretty brutal against their passing game. But I mean, Tua was solid. And you look around saying, what the hell are the Dolphins doing? Like, why'd this guy not play, but was active and then ended up having to play anyway? Well, what they're doing is they're not making the right receivers eligible. That's true. Because oh, what a play. We really I love needed that him guy. to be eligible. Not, oh, I don't even know his name, and I don't want to know his I name. Know, Number who 68? cares what his name is? Right. Number 68 is an eligible receiver. Why didn't we hear that? It's Okay, it's so amazing because they run the screen pass, and if you go back and watch it, there's three linemen that run out for the screen pass. Two of the three linemen have their heads downfield ready to go find somebody to block. Number 68 is still looking back at Tua like, I'm ready for this I'm ball. ready. Like, he thought the play was designed for him catches it and immediately there was no hesitation of like oh i'm not supposed to have this <laughs> immediately to the goal line running people over and as he's diving or he gets hit and is falling towards the end zone he sticks the ball out like he's yeah. done this a hundred times before like that guy was ready that guy was amazing it's like Love they that. designed it for him and practiced it but it's illegal so they couldn't have a guy like that couldn't help himself he had to catch it <laughs> right there's no way he well, could have knocked it down or dropped it on purpose which is you know what you should but do he was you're looking not eligible. for it like he was turned towards well, was the there quarterback Tua got rushed pretty hard was there any running back in the area yeah it, no there he, he, he over through the running back okay the running All back right. was right in front of him and Tua overthrew the running back who I don't, I don't know. Was it was Gaskin? it? I don't know which running back it was, but he looked like he was four foot two out there. Like the guy looked tiny. He overthrows the running back and right to this lineman. But again, the, the yeah. other two linemen were out there ready to block forward somebody. looking right. to block somebody because it's a screen pass. If it had been those two linemen, it would have hit him in the back and been just right. an incompletion. For whatever reason, this guy was turned around looking for the ball. Like he was 100% ready. Greatest play ever. That didn't great. count. I but love that. Okay, can we flip it to the other side? What the hell happened to... Like, I understand that he's supposed to be a mobile quarterback. Did they just decide not to ball, block for Lamar Jackson last night? I don't know how many times uh, I would look up and just go, there, there's a linebacker who's going to come right off the edge. Oh, he's coming right off the edge. Oh, and Lamar's on the ground. I got I to gotta find the stat here, but... Uh, the, didn't get 100. the team didn't get 100 yards. They did not rush for 100 yards, but the uh, last night the Dolphins blitzed defensive backs more than any team ever has since they started tracking blitz by position. Like, they, they just kept blitzing their safeties it, and cornerbacks the entire game. They I think it was... Eight of 11 third downs, they blitzed the defensive back. They blitzed two defensive backs more than 10 times. They blitzed three defensive backs on the same play 
like five times last night. Well, I don't know who Baltimore's playing next week, but I know what they're doing defensively. <laughs> it just was genuinely confusing to watch like one of the greatest escape artists currently playing in the NFL just be like, oh, crap. The like, guy before uh, the game, everyone's like, he's the MVP. He literally catches, gets the snap and goes, there's a guy right here. Did anyone touch him? And they show the replay. No, 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 no. They didn't touch him. Here you go. They, so there were 70 defensive snaps yesterday uh, for the Dolphins. Javon Holland, one of their safeties, blitzed 21 times. Wow. Jesus. Wow. The other safety, Brandon Jones, blitzed 17 times. That's insane. That's so, insane. That, that guy, safeties don't blitz that much an entire season. You're like, too, like Jonathan Abram might be best at blitzing, and the Raiders have blitzed him like he has. Raiders, Raiders don't blitz no, anybody. He's probably blitzed 21 times in his career. It's that, and Holland did it in one did, game. How many? How many sacks did they get? Because I assume not that, many. Okay, uh, I don't think. I mean, let's see. According to Next Gen stats, he had four defensive or four QB pressures. Holland did just him at 21, which. Four for a safety is quite a lot. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering if, like, you know, the agent throws something at the contract. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he gets a he gets a hundred grand if he gets uh, four sacks during the season. <laughs> All right, guys, we're getting you a hundred grand. Screw Stephen Ross. I don't care about him. Next question. Odell Beckham has signed with the L.A. Rams. So first Rich off, richer. if we look at L.A. Is he going to get many targets? Cooper Cup has been the best receiver in the NFL. Robert Woods, very good receiver who's been better recently, at least from a production standpoint. Odell Beckham's at best the third option in that he's passing the third, game. He's the third option. And that's why I asked Ben. I mean, you know, I, I can see Deshaun Jackson, you know, in the press conference the other day saying, I'm fine, Booth, being a decoy. I'm okay with that. I don't think Odell's going to be okay with that. So when Cooper Cup gets 10 targets and Robert Woods gets eight or nine, are you going to be okay with that? I think Odell wants to be the guy, and he's the third option on that team. It is an interesting place to sign from that regard because Odell Beckham, there, there were three things for Odell Beckham when he became a free agent that he could have prioritized. Number one was just money, whichever team pays him the most. He can make up to $4.5 million with the Rams on incentives. Which, by the way, is a lot. Yeah. Number two was just targets. Like He could have gone somewhere to a worse team and gotten a lot more in terms of balls thrown his way the rest of the season. And then number three, which is kind of what it looks like he did, winning. I mean, he went to a team that's got a legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl this year. And it looks as though that's what he prioritized. Because the reports were yesterday that he came down to the Packers and the Rams. And obviously, had well, he, he gets to two the, and three with the Packers. Obviously, had he gone to the Packers, he would have been more targets. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Devontae Adams is a chance but to win. He would have certainly been yeah. the number two option there. Here, he is the number three option. Now, the Rams do run three wide receiver sets more than anybody else in the NFL. So it's not like he's not playing. He's not going to a team who runs two tight ends out there all the time. He's going to play. He's going to get some targets, but it's just. Yeah, what's he getting? Three catches for 46 yards a game is kind of what you're looking at, I think, from Odell Beckham, which is, I mean, it's fine. Like, that's perfectly fine. But from what we know about Odell Beckham and what he values, he might not be. Wants happy. to be the guy. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe he just said, hey, well, let's go win a Super Bowl. I can sign with anybody. I don't care how many catches I get. I'm, I want to win a Super Bowl. Maybe that's what he thought, and that might work out well for him. Next question. Jim Mora Jr. is the new head coach of UConn. He last coached UCLA in 2017. Is that a good hire for UConn? 
Oh, he was always going to be the UNLV coach. That right? never worked UNLV out. UNLV fans still Desiree, want him, right? Desiree was going to bring him to be the <laughs> UNLV coach. I don't know. This is a guy who wants to get back in, obviously, and he's probably tried to interview for many, many jobs. 2017 is a long time. I mean, does I don't even if UConn wins the press conference. What else, what other reason other than he's a name that UConn would go after him? Yeah, I guess. I, don't, I guess they... UConn's not making the front page of the paper or the you know lead on the you know the, the news, but this will let him have it for a few days. I don't know what other reason you go after Jim Moore Jr. who hasn't coached in five years. But even that, do you, do you even win the press conference? Like, is it even that big of a headline grabber, know. Jim Moore Jr.? Like, it's people know not the if, name, but not if the women's basketball team has played a game yet. <laughs> because if they played a game yet, you're not getting on the front of the paper. It's just it's it's a strange hire, but. You know, UConn's in basically the same position UNLV is in. Right. They're horrific, horrific as a football program. And if you think Jim Moore Jr. has been good enough that, hey, he can come in and take us from zero or one wins to a bowl game every now and then, then. I mean, I sort of get it from both sides. I get it from, obviously, from Morris' side a lot more. He, you know, at that point, what, four years later, you're not not arguing with who's going to hire you, especially if you want a coach again, which Jim Mora. probably mid to late 50s and you're sitting around for four years and you haven't gotten a job yet you're going to probably take you know one of the first jobs that's offered to you yeah 59 years old hasn't okay hasn't you're, had, you're taking that yeah, job hasn't been head coach in four yeah. years so that's an easy decision yeah. for him if he wants a coach oh uh, you know i can't tell you that cam newton can make 10 million dollars with the panthers he's got a base salary of four and a half million and with incentives based on how he plays how much he plays can make as much as ten million. What? Why? There, there's only half a season left. The Panthers are not going to be in playoff contention. I get bringing Cam Newton back; it's fun, whatever. But that's a whole hell of a lot of money for half a season. Johnny Walker saying, "Yeah, I'm going to be the guy." Johnny so, Walker. Johnny Walker's going to be the guy, and he's not going to get any of those incentives. I don't even know why. I mean, look, I don't know every incentive. Obviously, he's going to have to play a lot and produce a lot to get to the ten. I was actually surprised at the four and a half. Yeah, where, the where was salary, he going to go? Right. Where was he going to go? What was he going to do? Yeah, like we we talked all the time about Marcus Mariota's salary and how the Raiders were paying like ten million to a backup and whatever. They're paying. They might be. They might end up paying ten million dollars to a quarterback that doesn't take them anywhere. Like they have no. Like at least in the case of Mariota, was if Derek Carr gets hurt. Our he playoff be hopes are still alive. Yeah, we're not, our yeah, season is not, not over. Exactly. Right. If if last year when the Raiders were five and two or whatever, if Carr had gotten hurt, or right now, hell, it could happen now. If Carr gets hurt, the season's not over because Mariota is a competent, he's more than competent Ooh. NFL quarterback. And they can bring back Peterman because he already knows the offense. <laughs> <laughs> Did they bring him back to the practice? No, not, wow. unless I missed that. Not even the practice. Unless squad. I missed it, I'm they on didn't it. bring him back. They they brought in a different quarterback to try out i think so Man. what what was the case cookus no it wasn't case cookus it was somebody else i can't remember who it was but no i don't think they they didn't bring him back unless i completely missed it and i will be honest with you if i missed a nathan peterman report i have failed because that is that is one of the things i pay the most attention to wow sorry um i got you thank you sorry sorry <laughs> Jets quarterback Mike White says he should have been a first-round pick. (laughs) I love this guy so much. He was picked. Okay, Mike White was a fifth-round pick. He wasn't even a fifth-round pick last year. He was a fifth-round pick in 2018. This guy's been not playing for three seasons. 
He got like one shot, was really good, threw for 400 yards, and it's like, yeah, should have been a first round pick. I his first overall. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kid oh thought yeah. He should have been the number one overall yeah. pick in the draft. Yeah. Like <laughs> this guy's amazing. Who was the number one overall pick in 2018? Uh, I'll have to go back and look. Okay, I don't because that. guess what I just found out? As of November 3rd. Nathan Peterman and Marcel Aitman are on the practice squad. Oh, they did bring him back. Good job. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Saquon Barkley. Sam Darnold. Oh, he should have been at least number yeah. one. Look at these quarterbacks. Josh Allen. Josh Rosen. Look at all these quarterbacks that went before him. I can't oh, believe boy. it. Now, hold on. We, we got a Josh Rosen is a he's he's his own special case. I mean, they screwed him. Listen, we've seen one game of Mike White. Well, technically he played a little bit on Thursday night, but got hurt. We've seen one game in one quarter of Mike White, and he is right. He's better than two quarterbacks that went in the top ten of his draft class. He's not the guy. He's not better than the guy who went last in the first round, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> he's not as good as that. Well, guy. okay, but he does. Mike White doesn't play wide receiver. True. Well, how does Mike White handle defensive backs blitzing yeah. on every single Safety's play? He's blitzing twenty six times. Probably better than Lamar. He gets hurt. Oh, that's true. He'd probably yeah. That is probably what happens. He gets hurt. Coming up next. We'll jump into the Golden Knights. They got another win last night. They can't be stopped. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. The Golden Knights are unstoppable. When you put Jonas Ronberg and Paul Cotter on the ice at the same time, Nobody can beat them. They won again last night, 3-2 over the Minnesota Wild. And it wasn't a game where like, oh, they played poorly, but just found a way to win because hockey is dumb. They were they were better than Minnesota, aside from some dumb penalties. I mean, they had two delayed game penalties in the yeah. span of about 30 seconds and got called for a faceoff violation. So they had some dumb penalties. But like this team is is playing not just well relative to the talent that they have out there every night. This team's playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. Like, they're an above-average hockey team with Stone, Pacioretty, Eichel, White Cloud, Carlson, with all these guys out. They're still an above-average team. Getting good goalie. Getting yes. good goalie play, which is really, really helping. Leonard, Brissot, um, yeah. And it wasn't, like you said here, it wasn't even a back-to-back, so maybe they're going to kind of work him in as much as possible. Um, loved Cotter's goal. To go under the is stick. The, is I this the guy was... we were trying to welcome back yesterday? No, well, that Cotter spelled with a K. Okay. Welcome okay. back, Cotter. No, really? Come on. I I, I, I agree. Yes, it is spelled with a no, K. No, it is spelled but... with a K. Yeah. Yes, I'm not denying that, but come on. Welcome back, Cotter. He scores a goal. We don't, we're not going to do anything with that? Well... To Tyler's point, I don't know what he was never there, so we can't welcome him back. We could say welcome, Cotter. Like welcome to the team. Welcome, no, he, welcome needs to to be, the he needs to be sent down to the <laughs> Silver Knights yes. and then come back and, and we then, can welcome yeah, him back. And during the playoffs, we welcome him and some guy named Mark Stone. I thought that was a great that great is. goal. What was better? His goal or the John Merrill tribute video? John Merrill got a tribute video. Yes. <laughs> that was pretty okay. cool. All right. I forgot about him on the scooter. Was it him Schmidt. following cool. falling down a lot? No, that, that no. was my okay. John Merrill experience. It was him in costumes. Right. It was probably the best tribute video because I don't know that there was an actual hockey highlight. The only hockey the highlight was video. him skating around, raising his hands at the end. The rest was, you know, costumes, uh, Gilligan. No, was he Gilligan? He was, no, he was something on the Happy Days one. He was driving a scooter with Nate Schmidt outside the facility, waving. 
There was very little hockey to his okay, complete we're, video. We're going to go through the shots here. First shot in this tribute video, he's giving blood. Second shot in this tribute video is a red carpet scene where there's a smoke machine behind him. Third, Third shot is shot, scooter. He's on a scooter. The fourth shot is Gilligan. him as in a poncho and a hat when they did their little Gilligan's Island yes. spoof thing, right? The fifth shot is him for, uh, what was that, Day of the Dead they yeah. did? Where they had a couple of players put on face paint, and he looks very scary, and that birthed Juan Merrill. The sixth shot is him in front of a green screen on picture day. The seventh shot is a goal. We had seven yes. shots into the John Merrill tribute video before we got an actual highlight. The eighth shot is him celebrating a different goal. I assume it's a different goal. He might have only scored one, and that's it. Eight shots on the John Merrill tribute video. Six of them were not on the ice. And here's the thing. That's why John Merrill was great, because the amount of times sure. that there'd just be John Merrill was on a scooter driving into yes, practice exactly. today or yeah, of course, John Merrill put on the face paint for Day of the Dead. Of course, he had, yeah. you know, volunteered to be Gilligan. Oh, he definitely deserved the tribute video yeah, just absolutely. because they had so much weird footage of him. I want the weirdness, and I'm going to go to the game just for the weirdness. Not even, I don't even care who wins the game. I want the weirdness of the flurry video in the stands. The weirdness, the crying. How many people are going to cry? Uh, well, first of all, it'll be sold out. So it'll be 18,000 plus, right? You got to believe that there'll be people who cry, right? Oh. So, someone's crying in that arena when that guy gets his tribute okay. video. So we're definitely going to see that save where he gets himself super out of position and then somehow dives backwards. Oh, and yeah. Which one? That's every save he made for the Golden Okay, Mets. the one where people were like, oh, my God, it's the most incredible save. And it's like he could have easily made that save. Right, that's every save he made yeah, okay. was him getting out of position. The windmill. Yeah, the windmill. Diving back. I, oh, here's a bit better question. Flurry's still going to be on an NHL team by then? I'd send him down to the AHL. What if they didn't play him? Because <laughs> he's bad. Oh, my God. If they didn't, what if play, they didn't him? play him that night and he has the dream. Oh, it would be so good. The Do other, they... wait, the other good thing is if he makes a save on somebody and the crowd erupts like, yeah, yeah. Flurry. Oh. Like the... I also think there'll be people who cheer him. Absolutely. Like for saves. Absolutely. Okay. I went to a preseason game, uh, sat in the actual seats at a preseason game. There was a person wearing a Blackhawks jersey with flurry on it. That on the back had 29 flurry. Okay. But on the front had the Golden Knights inaugural season patch and the Golden Knights 2018 Stanley Cup patch. Just patches, not, not, just the, patches. not the insignia. Yeah, just, just patches, patches sewn on. Like this guy bought a flurry Blackhawks jersey and then went out of his way to get ran just random. Golden Knights patches sewn onto it. Two of them. Not one. Two of them. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It was That's the strangest it, jersey I've ever seen. Just have the jersey. Is it? Is that worse than the whenever I used to see the half Colts, half Denver Broncos Peyton Manning jersey? Okay. The only people that should be allowed to wear those are like family members. Yeah, that, I, that, 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 was, that was not the people who Yeah, no, wore it. and you're not. You're saying, like, probably, like, Colts fans or something like that. We're like, yeah, I'm cheering for the Colts, but I love... Archie uh, Sr. and Peyton. Little Arch, the greatest right. high school quarterback right. who ever lived. If you, if, you are, if you were Archie Manning and Eli and Peyton were playing each other, then that's perfectly fine. We can absolutely wear a split jersey. Now, the other one that will be insanely uh, cheered will be the Reeves. It, it, these videos are going to come quickly because I think it's Rangers on Thursday, Chicago on Saturday. They're going to have to get all the videos ready. Does Turk get one? Yes. 
I think he gets one too. Yeah. I talked to him in New York, and his wor- and his words were, "I don't know, whatever." Like he didn't like you he, asked him about it. Sure, I said, "Do you think you get a video?" He goes, "I don't know, whatever." He goes, "Reeves." He, he goes, "Believe me, Reeves will have a bigger ovation that night." I he has to get one. He oh, absolutely yeah, he was, has he was to get the coach one. Coach, you took him to the Stanley Cup final. He has to get one. Like yeah, first season, take him to the Stanley Cup. Yes, he has to get one. There's no doubt about it because it's Gerard Gallant. Now, Ryan Reeves gets a bigger cheer, right? Oh, it goes flurry one, Reeves two. You know who get another big two? Cheer is when Nate Schmidt comes. Oh, that's right. He has, he's man. gonna get a huge cheer. That's right. Because like it's weird because we're gonna have like seventy oh. this year because they didn't play last. Does he can get one? <laughs> I guess if Merrill gets one, he can no, gets one. No, he can no, get a thank you no. for not being on the team first, anymore. <laughs> first off, John Merrill, way more fun off the ice. True. A lot more fun things for John Merrill True. off the ice. Second, John Merrill was better on the ice too. <laughs> like, True. Cody Eakin. Didn't do a whole lot to maybe like that first two months of the season of the first season. Cody Eakin was not awful, but that was about it. Nothing else was really like, what did Cody Eakin do to help this team? Not much, not much at all. All right. Coming up next, Royce Ham of UNLV basketball joins the show at 16 unofficially Donovan Williams drives great Euro step switch over to lay it in the rebels get an a unique experience. They made a basket. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Joining us now from the Running Rebels is Royce Ham. Good morning, Royce. How are you today? Hey, Royce. Good morning. How are you? We are good. Uh, so, all right, I, I want to ask you something that Kevin Kruger said after uh, the first game of the season, and he said that offensively, that he and his staff were going to take some of that blame because they didn't spend quite as much time on offense as they did on defense leading up to the season opener. So, how much time has been spent on offense the last couple of days? Uh, it's been a lot. Just uh, <laughs> trying to just reiterate what we do, getting to the shots that we want, and getting to the lane, playing for each other. I feel like uh, the other night in our first game, we took a lot of shots out of the course of our offense and out of the flow of the game. So, just getting back to what we do and making the right play for each other. So, when you guys went back and looked at it offensively, you, you thought there was some shot selection issues that you guys can do better at? Yes, there's definitely was some shot selection issues that we can do better, but it also was just, like I said, unfortunate bad, bad offensive night. I think some of those shots that we did take, they'll go in along the line sometime this season, but also it's about uh, the shot selection and um, getting a great shot for each other. Royce, um, obviously, uh, we watched the team last year. It's a more athletic team this year. It's a longer team this year. You proved the other night uh, to be one of those type of players. When when you went in to transfer and you discovered, you know, the schools you want, were interested in, what was Kevin Kruger's message to you as the type of player he wanted you to be? Uh, he was really uh, just hands-on. He didn't want me to uh, – he, he watched me over the years uh, with him being at Oklahoma and I was at Texas, and he just wanted me to be me. Uh, knowing Coach uh, Coach Hardman um, for numerous of years when he was at Rice, he he saw me grow up. He saw me play a lot. So they just wanted me to just come, come somewhere I can go where I can go. I can be myself. I can have fun and just grow with a group of guys. And I think that's all I'm trying to do. And when I focus on that and get outside of myself, focus on my, my teammate and the organization and just winning, I feel like that's when I have much success. How many from people from Texas are on this team or associated with this team right now? Uh, I believe it's four. <laughs> four? 
<laughs> you guys have taken over. And I think the, the, the newest uh, Chiron, the, the newest uh, signee, he's from Texas, too. It's just going to be Texas. Oh, yeah, West. yeah. He's from Dallas. Yes, yeah. sir. All right. Yeah. So, all right. Important question for you. Are you aware of the three-point streak? No, I wasn't. I wasn't that aware until uh, after the game. Um, coach had mentioned it one, once before, but just uh, not knowing too much about the UNLV history and just learning a lot since I've been since I've been along and been here. I, that's one thing that kind of slipped my mind. But when I kind of seen um, everybody kind of talk about it at the game, it kind of hit me. I was like, "That's pretty cool to have that streak." I didn't even know that was a streak. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't even know that was the thing. So you actually made the first three of the season. So you were technically the one that extended the streak. I just want you to know. Since you guys were shooting it so poorly, had you not made that one and you guys went into halftime like 0 of 16 from three, the crowd reaction would have been very different in the second half every time you guys shot a three. Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> believe it would have been a lot of tension knowing that. <laughs> very important question. Two of 25, are you worried the streak will be broken? <laughs> oh, man, now I think, I, think, uh, I think it's the first game where a lot of guys got a lot of jitters out. And uh, more comfortable in their role and what they're going to do, and I feel like we'll shoot it uh, better along the line. You know, I wanted to ask this because a lot of times when guys come from Power Five conferences, you played sixty-eight games at Texas, you're in the Big Twelve. There's not a concern, but there's always a wonder when you go to a uh, group of five conference like the Mountain was like, well, you know, how seriously will they take it? Oh, okay, hey, I came from the Big Twelve, and there's always that sense. Now, watching the other night, I don't think that's that sense with you. How much did you know about the Mountain West, about the Nevadas, about the San Diego States and schools like that where you kind of knew, no, it might be the Mountain West, but it's a better conference than maybe people think? Uh, I knew I knew that it was a solid conference uh, just from seeing last year. I know every year San Diego's good. Colorado State's been good the last couple of years. Uh, Nevada's been good. So I just I know that uh, it's, a, it's a nice conference with a great competition. And then a historical program like UNLV to come here and have the opportunity to play here and just uh, represent the city and myself and uh, the organization. Coach Cougar was huge. So I feel like it all kind of just plays into place well. And just me just taking the same approach like I did when I was playing in the Big 12. I mean, nothing changed. You got to go out. You got to compete. And you plan to win. And I think that don't change. Uh, at the end of the day, winning is winning. So if you show that effort and the care that you want to win, it's going to show you on the floor. Uh, that was your first game playing with Bryce Hamilton. What was it like seeing him basically take over a game in the final five minutes? Man, it's amazing. Uh, this is a guy that do that in and out of practice uh, every single day. Uh, he's extremely talented offensively, um, and I, we believe in him. Um, whether he's struggling or he's not, we believe in Bryce and his ability. We trust in his work and his craft. So um, to see him struggle early on, to see him just break through at the end and get big buckets for us was huge for me. And throughout the whole game, I was just trying to encourage him to lift him up, to keep his head up and, like, let him know that we believe in you, bro. Uh, you played a lot of guys. As Tyler said, the rotation was huge. Kevin is now saying, you know, he'd like to sub in a lot of guys at once to keep the pressure on defensively. In the long term, do you think that works? In the long term, you know, Bryce and yourself should probably be in the mid-30s, low to mid-30s, other than foul trouble. Like, do you see the rotation shrinking eventually to get down to 8 or 9, or do you think this team can play the way that he says he wants to, at least early, to figure out who he has and, you know, what kind of team you guys are? Uh, I think uh, that's definitely a coach's decision, but I think uh, we we definitely have the – the pieces and the, um, the keys to play to play multiple guys, but I think uh, I think all coaches in college basketball, when it gets to like the gritty, the gritty, um, meaningful part of the season, they kind of trickle down their roster 
and just uh, go with the guys they know they can rely on rely on the most. But I, I can't say who they would be or how they would go about so early in the season when only one game in. But I know that uh, that we're capable of having a lot of go guys go in and impact the game. Have you had 17 rebounds in a college game before? I never had 17 rebounds <laughs> in my life. <laughs> that was the first time. Uh, you know, by the way, right now at one for two, you are the team's leader in three-point percentage. Um, have you been, you know, poking Bryce Hamilton or Michael Nuga or Josh Baker saying, what's wrong with you guys? Come on, keep it up. Oh, no, you you just brought that to my attention. Honestly, I was really just happy about happy about just the all-around performance, but I'll, I'll definitely get those guys a pick today in practice. <laughs> Had you been to Las Vegas, and what do you think about it? Have you? I'm sure you've been around Las Vegas, uh, you know, focusing on the team, but, you know, in and around the city. Had you been here, and what did you heard about it before you get here, and how realistic is it, the, the things you heard? Uh, I, I like the city in general. It's amazing. Other than uh, getting here in the summer and it being – extremely hot <laughs> it, uh, other than that it's, it's, been, it's been okay the guys the coaches they made it welcoming you can definitely feel like the atmosphere um in the city that's definitely when you're talking about basketball everybody we meet everybody we talk to just talks about how much the UNLV basketball history means to them so just to be a part of that that makes me feel so much more welcoming here in the city and uh just overall it's been great it's been great I like it uh definitely a place that I can see myself spending some time later in life just coming back visiting or maybe even staying here. Who knows? But <laughs> but it's just been an amazing city. Come on, come on, man. We don't have humidity. You're from Houston. That's stifling out at that place. There's no humidity yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's hot out there, too. I, I don't know <laughs> where to pick between. Uh, we asked Donovan Williams this question a couple of weeks ago. I assume you're going to have the same answer, but I'll, I'll give you the same exact question. Whataburger or In-N-Out? Come on, man. Waterburger. Oh, <laughs> no. yeah. Have you um, had In and Out? Yes, I have had In and Out. And I I would I would say this. In and Out on the West Coast is definitely better than In and Out in anywhere else. Like if if I had to eat In and Out, it would have to be in LA or somewhere over here on the West Coast. But Waterburger, I've been eating Waterburger my whole life. It's really, really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another important question. Uh the Running Rebels TikTok account. Um have you – did you participate? I don't think I saw you in any of them. Did you participate no, in any of the uh, What's in the I Box did, videos? I, I participated in all of them. I think um, I wasn't uh, – I didn't make the cut. I wasn't, oh. yeah, I wasn't oh. <laughs> you were edited out on the floor? They edited you out? Yeah, yeah. It's all good, though. Yeah. I think some of my teammates uh, were a little bit funnier than me. <laughs> you were right. eight, 18 and 17. They'll be putting you in the next time, I'll tell you that. So, all right, one of the videos was like a What's in the Box thing where you guys can't see and you stick your hands in. Uh, I think one was a pineapple and one was macaroni and cheese. But the other video, you were in this one, the uh-huh. uh, the one where you guys got to close your eyes and try to clap at the same time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So in that video, you nailed it with uh, Donovan Williams. Everybody exactly. in the video nailed it except the one freshman on the team, Keyshawn Gilbert. What What's going on there? <laughs> Why can't he clap with his teammates? I think he's just still trying to catch up to the college stage. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah Keyshawn is amazing. I feel like uh, Keyshawn is a, a big, big, big jokester on the team, so he probably just was anticipating it too much and just mistimed it. But <laughs> I've kind of seen the face he made. It was kind of funny at the end. Uh, one of the other videos was a video of a bunch of you guys throwing a football where you yeah, shocked yeah. at how poorly some of your teammates uh. throw a football. Oh, man, it's bad. I think Victor was the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really, really bad. I think uh, I think uh, some 
the guys are definitely multi-talented, but some of the guys should definitely stick to what they know. <laughs> Just, well, go ahead, Dad. Does Coach Kruger have the personality that he could be involved here? Oh, man, yes. Coach Kruger, he's amazing. Uh, I think that's that's what I like about him so much, just his personality and his connection with us on and off the floor. Uh, he he spends time with us. He uh, he talks to us. He uplifts us, installs confidence, plays pings for him with us. Just spend a lot of time with us off the floor to just make sure that our bond is on the floor is uh, in the right place and we're ready to attack and do what we got to do. All right. You saw the you were a part of the video there, but if you are playing a pickup flag football game, who are you drafting to be your quarterback? Probably Josh Baker. All right, is is uh, Donovan Williams your number one wide receiver? Yeah, yeah, Donovan. I'm I'm, I'm putting him wide out. <laughs> where where are you playing? I might uh I might get the I might get the tight end or you know be a big time running back or something. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you're from Texas. Did you play? Did you play in high school? Oh uh, yeah. So I actually didn't. I actually didn't start playing basketball until about the eighth grade. I was I was strictly football uh, before then, and then uh, when I got to about the eighth grade, I hit like a five inch growth spurt. <laughs> so I got kind of got into basketball. So that was pretty. That was pretty good for me. But early on, it was just strictly football, and I ended up. I was like I said. I was. I was like five eight, five nine. So I went to the toss. So I ended. Up, I was playing uh, DN and running back when I played little league. Okay, I gotta know. You get this five-inch growth spurt. Are you just like walking around school and a football or a basketball coach walks up to you and says, uh, "Where the hell did you come from?" All right, come over here. Yeah. So, uh, actually, my best friend, uh, that's still my best friend to this day. He, I had moved, I had moved to new neighborhoods, and he kind of got me. He's like, "Man, what are you doing?" I was like, "Nothing. I just play video games." He's like, "You gotta, you gotta play. You gotta try for a team." And then uh, he kind of got me to start playing with his AU team, and then it just was history. After that, I started to just gradually start to get better and just start to find myself. Wait a minute, this best friend, did he yeah. go? Did he go D one anywhere? Uh, he played at uh, JUCO, and he also went D two, and then he kind of stopped and started his business. So, is he is he calling you up saying, "Listen, I got you started. I I get a, I, I'm your agent now. I get a cut when this happens." No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, he definitely know we're we're, we're locked in for life. I definitely <laughs> I, I remind him. How much I appreciate him all the time. <laughs> well, he is Royce Ham, one of the newest running rebels at 18 and 17 in the season opener. Uh, Royce, thank you so much Thanks, for joining Royce, us this it, morning. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. So there is Royce Ham, uh, leading rebounder on the team and leader in three point percentage at one for two because the rest of the uh, team is a combined one for 23. Other than Bryce, other than the guys who came back, how many of those guys had any idea about that streak? I mean, he said Kruger mentioned it like once in the off season, so I'm guessing none. Can you imagine when he makes the first three, the huge evasion? He's like, man, that's a, it's just a three pointer. Where these people really go <laughs> a little crazy like, out here for a freaking three pointer. <laughs> like they genuinely, it's one of the worst shooting nights UNLV's ever had from three. But Royce Ham made that three like it was like three or four minutes into the game, so it wasn't. There wasn't any sort of streak issues, even though they couldn't make a three. 1,450. Yeah. She's probably looking around going, man, they really love threes at <laughs> this place. Look but at these I, people. It's, it is, it's one of my favorite experiences is being in the Thomas and Mac when they don't make a three in the first half. And oh, just the growing. The gripping the of growing the growing by the uh, weirdness and of everything. streak. Oh, Shoot amazing. it! It's amazing. Yes. Because that's the thing. They were awful from three. And had Royce Ham not made the first three, had they gone into the locker room 0 for 16 or 17 from three. It's all people would have talked about. People normally would have been like, stop shooting threes. You can't make right. them. But here it would have been, 
You better keep launching. I don't care if we lose to Gardner-Webb. I'm pretty sure I've been there for one of them, and it was as soon as they got past half court. Shoot it! Yeah. <laughs> Put have, it up! Have you met people? Because I have met people that said they want the streak more than winning yeah. a game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, to this I, day, astonishing the, to me. The biggest, uh, the, the, the most common opinion that I think from the last couple of seasons was this team's not going to the NCAA tournament, so who cares if we lose a random game to Utah State in February? Just make a damn Just three. make a three. <laughs> right. I, I think people's opinion would change. If like, hey, if they were contending, they're on the bubble and they need to beat San Diego State to sort of jump into an 11 seed in the NCAA tournament. I think people's opinion would change. But when your bat, when your battle is, uh, are we going to be the five seed or the six seed in the Mountain West tournament? You're like, yeah, who cares? Give us the streak. (laughs) Keep it going. All right. Coming up next, Marcus Arroyo is going to get win number two, isn't he? Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Marcus Arroyo's on a winning stretch. They haven't lost a game in a week. Uh, they play Hawaii on Saturday. Hawaii's four and six, but Hawaii's just one and four in the Mountain West, and two of their four wins overall are against the same team. They scheduled New Mexico State in a twice, home and home in a home and home in the same season. And they won both of those games. That is the only road game Hawaii has won this year as well was against New Mexico State. Do you believe a winning streak is here? Do you believe Arroyo can pull it off and get back to back wins for UNLV? I believe it. I believe Cam Friel is going to be fired up to play <sighs> against Hawaii. He, he's, he comes from Hawaii. I bet he's going to be. All fired up to play against that Hawaiian team. So you should have offered me a scholarship. They yeah, might have. Why? Actually, why I didn't I get to stay home and play for Hawaii? So I actually don't know. They might have, but I, I think. What are they? Are they favored by nine? No, no. So three and a half at the sports book. Okay, is Hawaii's favored? Uh, SP Plus, which is uh, ESPN, has a, a big efficiency ranking for college football. They have Hawaii winning by nine points. I don't think that's going to happen. Hawaii is uh, better than UNLV, or at least has been over the course of the season. Uh, their rank in SP Plus is 90th. UNLV is 119th. I think UNLV's got a shot, but I do think Hawaii is better and Hawaii wins. No, you're, so you're picking Hawaii? Yeah, I think Hawaii wins the game is mm. where I'm going. I'm, I'm only giving Arroyo the one win in a row, not two. Okay. Don't think it happens with Hawaii. I think they got they got the big one. They got New Mexico. <laughs> the very important. One. They got it. They got the one that everyone said they were going to get. That's right. They got it. Uh, I'm still very disappointed. I went out and said they were beating Utah State, and they blew that one. I could have been so correct and paraded around my victory, but instead they had to wait and do it against New Mexico. So correct. But I, that's what I'm here for, Jared, just to be right all the time. I, I think Hawaii wins this one. All right. We'll be on opposite sides. I'll take. Uh, You're taking the two game win streak? I'm taking the two game win streak for Marcus Arroyo. Look Arroyo. at you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a positive guy. Homer. Out there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's Homer what they call Ed me. Graney. Homer Ed Graney with, uh, with the UNLV. Yeah. When's the RJ going to hire somebody that's actually going to be critical of UNLV exactly. for once? Come exactly. on. We need someone to start taking some you know shots. What we re- you know what we obviously. really need? We need uh, like a special Rebels in Ruin. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one blocked on Twitter. Whoa. I'm Mr. Positive. Whoa. I'm, not, I'm Mr. Positive. You come out with Rebels and Ruin now, you will be blocked. Still blocked, by the way. Yeah. They got a win. 
Still can't follow him. Somebody, somebody uh, listen. You're a part of the press. Yeah, apparently. I'm part of cancel culture coming after him. Uh, somebody, <laughs> one of our listeners tweeted at him and said, hey, are you going to unblock Tyler Bischoff now? He didn't. Can we? Did he even answer it? I can't see unblocked. How how could your relationship with the uh, the lady that does the Reb Zone? Can you ask her to ask him during the Reb Zone? So, Paloma. Oh, Paloma. Oh, that'd be good. He wins oh, his second straight yeah, game. Yeah. He wins his second straight game, beats Hawaii, and that's her first question. Listen, I know you won another game, but why have you blocked this guy? And are you going to unblock him? Did you ever figure out the? Uh, main point of why that happened like did you was it one day or was it just like a culmination of your opinions just you you being you i think it was just because i was tweeting they kept losing games like and counting up the days yeah and yeah and like uh, um so you were factually correct yes because arroyo Arroyo shortly after that shortly after i tweeted a screenshot of being blocked by him he sent out a tweet about blocking out the negativity or, or whatever it was. And I remember uh, the strength coach, Awesome Beard, uh, yeah. uh, uh, File. Nutty uh, guy. He tweeted something. He did, he follows me. He did not block me. So credit to File for uh, sticking for file, around. What did he tweet out? But he tweeted out something around the same time about, like, you know, eliminating negativity and not letting the haters get to you or blocking it out or oh something God. like that. So there's very much a, hey, we're not listening to negativity. But he still All does right. follow me. So I appreciate that wow. from, from uh, Coach File. I like him. I He's appreciate fun. and will always appreciate the reference to cancel culture because <laughs> it did not mean what cancel <laughs> culture actually means. Um, but Which cancel culture is sort of a... It in of itself yes. is a total BS nonsense claim. We tried to figure out. Well, we did figure out that it was more the negativity and cancel out, you know, and not all the feeling people. bad for yourself. Self pity. Right. Marcus right. Oreo thinks cancel cancel culture is selling. He thinks it's when you cancel yourself. I think is what yes. he thinks it is. Is you cancel yourself oh. by feeling bad for whatever situation you're in. Which listen, I just canceled Hulu. To be <laughs> to be fair to him, it's not a bad point for a coach who would was. Overall, no. the season was hey, no, don't feel bad. It just for doesn't yourself. mean that you've got to step up and win a game, right. you've got to step up and play. I mean, I guess it means it in his own definition, right? Like, his, his I, mean, overall, I guess that's his definition. His of overall it. point was perfectly fine. It's like, hey, we it was we've gotten punched in the mouth, we've lost a lot of games, we can't feel bad for ourselves, we've got to step back up and that's play. fine. All that is fine. And win a game. He just snuck in, we can't give in to cancel, cancel culture. culture, and it made you look around saying, What? <laughs> what happened here? Who's talking about cancel culture? Are we about to find something out about you? (laughs) Don't check the emails.